the incomparable. Number 420, August 2018. Welcome back, everybody, to the incomparable and, of course, the Summer of Marvel, which is continuing with Thor Ragnarok, the third of the Thor movies that are liked by some, not liked so much by others. But who doesn't like Thor Ragnarok? That's a spoiler. It's generally beloved, but we never did an episode about it. And so now we're going to talk about Thor Ragnarok as part of the Summer of Marvel. One of the reasons we're doing this whole thing to catch all those Marvel movies that we missed. Joining me to talk about Thor Ragnarok, which is a movie that also has a lot of the Hulk in it, but he doesn't get a name because of contractual reasons, are the following people who are here, uh, not for contractual reasons, but because they wanted to be here. And we will start. I'm going to form a group. I'm going to form a team. The team is me um, and Monty Ashley. Hi, Monty. <laughs> Hi, Jason. I like how you introduced yourself as a special bonus guest at the top. There. Yeah, well, this is this is how we form a team, and it's also a reference to the movie. Actually, I'm going to form a team, yeah. and the team is me, Monty Ashley, and Gene McDonald. Hi, Gene. I thought you would be happy to see me. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to form, form a team, and the team is me, Monty, Gene, and Kelly Gamont. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Um, I was trying to start a revolution, but I didn't print enough pamphlets, so hardly mm-hmm. anybody turned up. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to form a team. The team's going to be me, Monty. Gene, Kelly, and the big guy. I, I mean, I mean Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Uh, I, I make grave mistakes all the time. Everything seems to work out. We'll call ourselves <laughs> the Revengers. I want revenge. You want revenge. You, I'm right. undecided, Jason. Okay. I'm undecided. All right. Uh, one, of the, one of the wacky bits. One of the wacky bits in a movie full of wacky bits. Thor Ragnarok. So, um, wow. How to approach this movie. There's a lot that happens in it, but it's mostly... Um, it's it's sort of divided into segments. Uh, the movie begins with essentially, I I suppose you're all wondering what I'm doing here, <laughs> where Thor is suspended in a in a cage, uh, having a conversation. We think talking to the camera, which is an interesting way to go, except it is revealed that he's actually talking to. A skeleton that is in the cage with him, his buddy. Also, an interesting way to go. Yeah, a step up, a step up yes. from a camera or the audience. Also, perhaps. Yeah, that's maybe right. a lateral move. Let's hear it for Mister Skeleton, um, who loses his jaw, um, and then it later comes crashing down when Thor comes crashing down because he's being imprisoned by Surtur, who is supposed to uh, destroy all of Asgard, Thor's home, in the prophesied Ragnarok event. Um, but Thor is awesome and frees himself <laughs> and fights off a whole bunch of monsters and knocks Surtur's block off and basically takes his head with his crown still on it. And after a delay, um, because Heimdall is not at the controls and instead uh, a guy named, oh, what's Carl Urban's name in this? Scourge. 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 Yeah, he is. He's trying to impress some ladies by saying, would you like to see the Bifrost? <laughs> but not doing his job until one of the ladies goes, uh, uh, I think Thor is calling on the thing. And then he's like, oh, crap. And then he. <laughs> is that and, important? Yeah. And so uh, then he, he, Thor, who's about to be eaten by a giant monster, is instead transported along with the severed head of said giant monster, which explodes in 
goo all over everybody, including the ladies who are no longer impressed by Scourge. <laughs> they weren't that impressed to begin with, I thought. I don't think so. I mean, I, I got the impression that it was like, you know, you, they were curious and wanted to see the Bifrost, and they're like, sure. Uh, Seemed like a fair trade. Back to your gazebo and show me your rainbow bridge. Yeah, exactly. But no, they just are there to see the Bifrost. I, I have to say, I really like the first interaction with Searcher because so much of it feels like it's going to be totally incidental to the movie, and yet every single thing that he says basically comes true and is all, you know, foreshadowing of stuff. Like, I thought that was really well handled because it seems like, you know, it's really got a little bit of the Norse mythology. It's got a little bit of this, like, prophecy, destiny stuff. Um, and it seems like, oh, it's all stuff that Thor will surely stop, right? And then it, all of a sudden it turns out, eh. Maybe not so much. One of the clever things about having a movie that is tongue-in-cheek like this, that has this kind of tone, I feel, is that you can use that to like hide plot mechanics, which is, at several points, what this movie does. And it's a nice trick, right? That Surtur is yeah. revealing the, the end of the movie, but it's kind of in the context where you're like, this is just a goofy thing where Thor is getting out of a cage and stealing, a, you know, basically knocking his head off and then taking it back as a trophy. Like, it's not, surely it's not going to be important and it totally is important. <laughs> and really for all the goofiness, I feel like this movie might have the most Norse mythology in it of all the <laughs> Thor movies. I feel like it does because we get a lot of... We get a lot of backstory. We get a lot of different pieces of information about all the different people that are involved. And it seemed to me like I was getting a lot of it. And, you know, I don't know how much of that was maybe Marvel mythology versus actual Norse mythology, but I was into it. I thought all of it was great. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it. And what I liked about starting the movie in this particular way was that it was a little bit funny. It does basically tell you exactly what you're in for, even though you don't know that until the end. And that um, it's it does definitely strike a very different tone, particularly, you know, compared to the last movie that had Thor right in the title, which was The Dark World. And mm -hmm. so it's so to go from like, if all you're watching is Thor movies, right, then you know, you have the dark world and then you get this one and you're like, oh, well, we've sort of thrown all of the tone and <laughs> feeling of that last one straight out the window. You know, we've pushed it right off the edge of the rainbow bridge. And so it was really great to be like, oh, this is a this is very, very different. This is going to be a totally different ride we're in for this time around, which was great. And also Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and I kept thinking, you know, as I as they play the Led Zeppelin twice, um, I kept thinking, you know, it's really expensive to license Led Zeppelin, but Marvel's got the money and they're like, yeah. how could we not? Exactly. Uh, or, or Taika Waititi, the director, was like, this is what we're doing, right? Like, it, I, I don't, <laughs> get me Led Zeppelin. I don't care what it costs. Plus, if you get paid yeah. for the rights, you, you got to use it twice. So, you know. You do. Mm -hmm. You do. He doesn't really come from the land of ice and snow, though. It well, looks pretty temperate. It's Norway. I think they're referring to, you know, that in the, that Norway. That's Midgard. That's not where Thor's from. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Well, Odin does, say, <laughs> Odin does say to remember that place as home. So yeah, this could be home. There is, okay. there, is yeah. some, there is some suggestion that there's a connection there. The last time he was on Earth in a Thor movie, he was in Albuquerque or something, wasn't he? Uh, well, yeah. And then there was London. But we we don't we shouldn't talk about those. Movies. Asgard's Although, not a place, people. That's right. It's it's pe it's the people. It's a people. It's the people. Oh, place. place. <laughs> it's all these nameless people we've never seen before. That's what home is. I really like the humor of the Thor movies, which is generally when he's on Earth and not when he's on Asgard. And the nice thing about 
Thor Ragnarok is that Thor Ragnarok is a movie made by people who've seen Thor be funny in the Avengers movies and the funny parts of the <laughs> Thor movies and say, why don't we make a movie that's mostly funny Thor? Let's just go all the way out with that. And I think it works spectacularly because of that. Well, and I mean, you know, full credit to Chris Hemsworth, who is comedically i just think incredibly talented like he lands all this stuff even su- supposed to be this you know badass action hero he manages to do enough of the sort of self-deprecating undercut mm-hmm. humor that just he sells it he totally sells it and and i think you know looking at him and realizing he is capable of that and then people are like yeah we can just kind of go nuts with this because he's, he's game i think yeah. does yeah. goes a long way <laughs> I'll totally buy what he's selling, and if he takes his shirts off, his shirt off first, I'll buy it. Or twice. all the shirts, yeah. all the shirts. <laughs> he's not the only one who's funnier in this movie. Like Tom Hiddleston gets to be funnier oh, yeah. than he was oh, in the previous yeah. movies. Yes. In fact, I've got a theory that I'll just throw out right up top here. In Thor Ragnarok, the guys are the funny goofballs. You got your Thor, you got your Loki, you got your Grandmaster. The women get to be badasses. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Hela isn't funny at all. Valkyrie, kind of funny, but mostly is there to kick ass. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, they're, the women are the competent ones, and the guys are there for comic relief through this entire movie. <laughs> so, Kate Blanchett, she's great. She's like, it, 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 this is like her character in Lord of the Rings, if she, like, took the ring. It's kind of, <laughs> right. It's like, yes. <laughs> just go all the way that, that way. And it's, uh, it's delightful. Although I did laugh every time I see this movie, I laugh at, um, the, they do the mechanics. They really want to have her in the totally, the, the Kirby-esque Hella outfit with the things coming out of her head. But they also mm-hmm. want to have her, um, like just with hair. And so just throughout the movie, she's like grabbing her head to make them come and go and they use it. They like show that like the shadow of it appearing as well. Sometimes yeah. and all that. it's kind of weird, mm. but I, but I like it. And I it like works. her. I like, I like that the idea, I like the idea too, that uh, Odin, who is, you know, benevolent Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, who's like, oh, well, Thor, you're, you know, you're, you're more powerful than me and you're going to do the right thing. And we, it is revealed here that this isn't just like Hela was bad and so we put her away. It was like he used her and they went on a path of conquer, conquest over the nine realms. And only when he finally realized he wanted to be a benevolent king did he stop her. And I think that's interesting that we get that kind of different spin on Odin. That she's sort of, I mean, she's the first child and she's sort of the monster that Odin created and then regretted. Which is an interesting dynamic in a series that's about family dynamics, right? Because it's about Thor yeah. and his brother and his parents. And who exactly is your family, you yeah. know, and, and definitions of that. Yeah, I, I think Blanchett does a fantastic job here. It's fun to have both the Lord of the Rings crossover with her and Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah. As well as the multi-part <laughs> Westworld crossover with Tessa Thompson, Anthony Hopkins, and the other Hemsworth. Mm. Well, I, I would say the also the Lord of the Rings connection here is... Uh, New Zealand, right? <laughs> Which mm, there are yes. a bunch. There are yes. a bunch of yes. New Zealand actors, and and uh, and uh, Taika Waititi is uh, from there, and so you get all of that too. Um, so so um, the next segment of the movie, and then we can roll into other characters and wherever as we go. It's fine. I'm not going to do a, a dense recap. But the next part is Thor goes back to Asgard, and because because the you know severed head goo, <laughs> all of that, right? And he finds so Heimdall isn't around. And what he finds in the city square is a a play is going on. <laughs> it's like oh, Greece. 
love it so much. It is the th- the Loki, the tale of of Thor and Loki, or it's actually what the the tragic tale of Loki, Tr- tragedy of Loki, the of tragedy Asgard. of Loki, and it's very funny because they've got actors who are who are dressed up like Thor and Loki, and they're playing this very overwrought. Like it's kind of a play within a play. It's kind of commenting on the past of the Thor movies and all of that. Um, and this time, not the first time I saw it, but this time, <laughs> I, I looked and I was like, uh, is that Matt Damon? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it totally is. It totally is. It's Sam Neill, yes. Matt and Damon, Luke and Luke Hemsworth from Westworld. <laughs> yes, playing his my brother. friendly neighborhood Hemsworth. That's what we call him on the yeah. Westworld podcast. Our sure. friendly neighborhood Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're the ones who are playing uh, Thor, Odin, and Loki in the tragedy of Loki, which is being watched by uh, a a decadent Odin. Who is uh, who's really gotten soft, and he's just eating grapes yeah. and hanging out with there are a lot of ladies around him, and of course, it's Loki. It's all <laughs> it's all just an ego trip for Loki, who has been passing himself off as Odin because Odin is off in uh, in on Earth in Midgard. This is all Loki wanted to do. All that scheming and trying to rule Asgard, he just wanted to put on plays about himself yeah, and eat grapes while watching. And make a statue. Yeah. There are no raisinets in Asgard, so <laughs> they, they eat grapes. I, I also want to give a call out to Anthony Hopkins' performance as Loki, Loki. Yeah. as Odin, as him. which is yeah. excellent. Yep. Yeah, you can tell it's not quite right. Like, it is the, the weird de- decadent soft. And, and Thor knows it right away. He's like, come on. Do I have to, right? Like, do I? Do I have to? <laughs> this do is I, extremely yeah. obviously fake. I, I don't. I don't need to. All right, I'll use the hammer on you if I have to. All right. What I like about you know we touched on the tone earlier and the humor, and I think you know sort of headcanon for me is like a lot of this is Thor after his dealings on Earth with the Avengers, right? Like his character has evolved. Um, he's become a little more you know comfortable and a little right. more confident right like the whole first movie a lot of it is about him getting his confidence not arrogance but like more of a quiet confidence and so getting this end result where it's not like him being tricked by loki constantly he's now like yeah i've gotten wise to it i figured it out i've learned a few things along the way and we see that later on in the movie too and i think that's it's nice it actually gives thor a chance to grow a little bit and as a character that's great because as we talked about in the earlier podcast you know, Thor is a tricky character in some ways. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't fit in very well with the uh, all the wisecracking Avengers, and now he does. Now, yeah, they rubbed up on him. Although, uh, plot-wise, he spent the last couple of years looking for Infinity Stones, he says, in a Did, piece of dialogue. Didn't find any. Didn't find any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big universe. Lay it off is. the guy. It is. I like those unseen adventures of Thor where he's just kind of like, do-do-do-do-do, and not finding anything, and maybe he wasn't trying too hard. I don't know. Thanos has supposedly been looking for them, and he hasn't done great. Also true. The next thing we see, though, is Thor and Loki go to Earth uh, to to get Odin and the uh, the the retirement home where Loki apparently left him has been demolished. <laughs> and he says, but I left him right here. And he says, do you mean the sidewalk or the building that's just been torn down? <laughs> like, again, there's just a, there's just like wacky dialogue the whole way. But they're taken because Loki's presence on Earth has been sensed. They're taken away by magic to the sanctum sanctorum of Doctor Strange, who makes a, a an appearance in this one block of the movie, uh, been at a cover batch, asking Thor... Uh, while f- giving him an infinitely refillable beer stein at one point and constantly <laughs> teleporting him to various other parts of the mansion in an annoying fashion. <laughs> you, could just, you could just walk. 
Yeah. yeah. And he keeps spilling his beer and he finally just puts the beer down like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do this. And uh, but he, the, he explains the situation and it's it's just a it's just an opportunity to get Doctor Strange in another movie, have there be some jokes. And then uh, he sends them on on their way. But it also handles the kind of like, why are you bringing Loki to Earth question, which is a good one. Solid question. Yes. I, I do love the don't forget your umbrella bit, too. Yeah. yeah. yeah which is a nod. That's a nod to the classic to Thor Blake. comics where Donald yeah. Blake had an umbrella that would turn into the Thor's hammer. So that was nice. Thor didn't need to have his hammer fly to him through the walls and stuff, but I think he was just annoyed by Strange's oh, it constant was, yeah. teleporting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was the jab back. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when Loki gets mad and is going to take it out on Doctor Strange, he's like, yeah, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> he just <laughs> sends them off to Norway. To be fair, yeah. he had been falling for 30 minutes! It's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think that was openly taunting Tumblr, who... <laughs> is on record as very much liking Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston. Ah, interesting. They, and they here they have guys. a scene together. No, they don't. Nope. It's a, yeah, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Gone. Uh, but, you know, I think reminding people of Doctor Strange because, you know, synergy and also that's using it for, for humor, which I think is great. Like, those are two. Yeah. I mean, Thor says at one point, too, like, Earth has wizards now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's okay. That, that's a very funny a lot, scene. A lot has happened. Mm-hmm. I made a little note here that, like, I, this is like 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, I think there have been more fun things in this, like, 20 minutes than the previous two movies. Could um, be. Could be. There's a lot of fun stuff. Because then they do switch to a kind of serious part mm-hmm. of the movie. All right, let me take a break and tell you about our sponsor this week. The Incomparable brought to you in part by ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be difficult. There's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses can connect to qualified candidates. And it's ZipRecruiter.com slash Snell. That's my name. That's where you want to go. ZipRecruiter will send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards all at once. And they don't stop there. They use their powerful matching technology to scan thousands of different resumes to find people who have the right experience for your job. And then they invite them to apply. It's incredibly effective. How effective is it? 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day. The first day. No waiting around. And with results like that, no wonder ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. Right now, listeners of The Incomparable can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Snell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-N-E-L-L. Thank you to ZipRecruiter for supporting The Incomparable. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Right. The next part is they find Odin and Odin basically says, I am dying. And they're like, no, 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 we'll take you back. And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is what's going to happen now. I'm going to die. And that means Hela will be released and that will lead to Ragnarok and the end of Asgard. And he, of course, does a little kind of like he's looking at him and it's like little hints about it. That That's wisdom that will come back to Thor later that helps him solve the problem. But in this moment, um, this is the, you know, their goodbye to Odin. And Odin says, you know, th- this is essentially he's saying death is inevitable and you can't you can uh, you can dodge it. But eventually you have to deal with the inevitable, which is that Asgard's going to be destroyed. And here it comes. And then, of course, immediately uh hella appears out of a whirlwind and basically uh is going to kill thor and loki right there 
but uh, they they get the Bifrost. She she kind of hijacks the Bifrost. That's a, not a phrase I've ever used before. Really? <laughs> and they're thrown out of the Bifrost by her, and they tumble away um, so that they're kind of lost in uh, who knows where in the universe as she returns to Asgard, um, rapidly dispatches the Warriors Three. Yeah, you know, brings <laughs> back the, yeah. all the dead. And 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 Scourge, who's been kind of like embittered by all this, she says, "You can be my executioner. You can like execute all your all of my uh, my my wants and desires, and also people." And th- and this is a nice point for for Carl Urban too, because I think what's interesting about him is though we get that he has been a little bit embittered, he's also constantly looks very unsure about this position. He's totally he in over his head. In. He's in over yeah, his head. He but what's he going to say? He's going to say no, and she'll just kill him. So he's like, okay. Yeah, like he doesn't want to be there, but he realizes the alternative is just like, I'm going to die like those guys got killed really fast. So I I like that he, it's not like he's like, yeah, I'm evil. Totally sign me up. Like, I will join you. It's more like, I'm going to save my own skin. He's a collaborator and he's kind of weak, weak. And then when in Mm -hmm. the end of the movie, his story arc is that he finally does the right thing and uh, gets killed for it. But (laughs) he does do the right thing. And that takes us to a big chunk of the movie that is a gigantic amount of fun. They land on Sakaar, which is a planet that was uh, introduced by Greg Pak in the uh, book uh, or the series of Incredible Hulk episodes that became a, uh, or issues that became also collected as a book. Planet Hulk was the name of that story. It's a great story. I have it in hardcover. I like it a lot. And so from the pages of The Incredible Hulk comes Planet of Sakaar, which they also adapt sort of from Marvel's Contest of Champions idea, and they pull out one of their kind of classic cosmic characters the Grandmaster, throw it in a blender, and what you get is this planet that is uh, covered in garbage, which is where Thor lands, is in the garbage. And there are scavengers. Um, he gets picked up by uh, by Valkyrie, who uh, we learn later is a Valkyrie from Asgard, although at the moment she just is sort of like a slaver who is taking Thor and sticks a little disc in him to make him compliant. Um, and we meet the Grandmaster, who is uh, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> in a a part he was born to play i would say <laughs> right before he meets the grandmaster i just want to say that thor is 100 percent on a disneyland dark ride yeah <laughs> yeah oh, yes yeah that's that's totally crazy he's in a he's in a a chair and he's being told like you will be meeting the grandmaster soon you live here now he's your master now and it just keeps going and then like in, the, in that climactic moment, he goes, ah! And that's the moment that the Grandmaster is revealed well, to him. Also, they are playing pure imagination yes. from Charlie yes, from and the Chocolate <laughs> in the yeah. background. Which I loved so, so much. And then, like, but, like, as you're hearing that commentary, like, in my brain for a little bit, I was hearing, you know, please keep hands and arms inside the chair oh, yeah. at all times. Oh, yeah. Like, I was waiting, for, I was seriously waiting for him to come out in a gift shop. I totally was with you on that, 100%. I almost thought it was like being at the movies where you're like, welcome, you know, to whatever cinemas. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, yeah. Buy a Coke. Oh, yeah. Get some popcorn. Coke. And That's there's right. popcorn. Yeah. Yep. And also the Grandmaster worship the Grandmaster. There's that, that, that extra element of like, it's very perky explaining that you're a slave who's going to work for the Grandmaster yeah. now if he doesn't dissolve mm. you. I, I, don't, I don't like that word, Jason. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. The prisoners with jobs. <laughs> and uh, going back to my earlier theory, the Grandmaster, in addition 
to having the Valkyrie as a woman who's more competent than everyone else in the movie. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Oh, for sure. She should, she should be in charge. In fact, I'm I'm kind of hopeful that in the revolution that came that eventually they were like, you could <laughs> oh, be yeah. our you can be our planetary manager. Like, I know you work with a grandmaster, but you got it together and somebody needs to run this planet. So we'll have, you know, we'll have an elected head of government, but you make the trains run on time. And she's probably like, I, I could do that. I could do that job. Do I get to dissolve anybody? No, yeah. you don't. <laughs> that, one, that one bit where she hands him the thing and he's like, what are you giving me the melting stick for? He interrupted, <laughs> interrupted me. It's not a capital fence. <laughs> they, they had such a good dynamic. He's got his robes and his jewels and his and hair his is weird. It's super weird looking and, and weird behaving. And I love it. I love all of it. It's so, it's so strange and it works so well. He's just, and he's just, it's like pure refined gold bloom. Like a, it's a concentrated gold bloom. Like maybe that's just what he wears. Like if you maybe. ran into him at the store, maybe he just looks like that. Yeah. You kind of feel like maybe Taika Waititi didn't give him much in direction. Just like, you're good. Just go. Like, you know how in Jurassic Park you say things like life, uh, finds a way. I want this mm-hmm. whole performance beat in that uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. Also, this is where um, he explains that he's the god of thunder, which he says is like the lord of thunder. He gets that wrong the rest of the movie, which is great, and it makes <laughs> makes Thor angry the whole time, which is wonderful. Every time. Every single time. It's a good running bit. This is where he melts somebody. Uh, the the grandmaster melts yeah, his, his cousin. cousin. His cousin, yeah, yeah. Because, so he's, a, he's he's definitely a bad guy. And Thor is uh is going to be fighting in the contest of champions. He meets some of the other uh, fighters in the prison, including and these are characters actually from Planet Hulk, including the rock guy Korg, 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 voice of Taika Watiti. And there's also Meek, the um the bug man. These are both characters yeah. from Planet Hulk. Also, there's Doug. Doug. Oh, right, Doug's he's dead. dead. He's he's Doug is dead. dead. Yeah. Dead. Oh yeah, we can all yeah. do New Zealand accents now. I cannot and <laughs> so I will not. Just like Doug. <laughs> He gets a haircut. He's, he's Stan, and he, and he yells at El, yells at Valkyrie again, and and tells her that you know she needs to uh, be because he, he realizes she's from Asgard and that and she's yeah. not interested in him and she's just interested in drinking. He does get a haircut. And, well, she's Asgard, and I do yeah. like that bit of him saying like, "Oh man, I wanted to be a Valkyrie, you know, until I figured out you are all women, you know." But yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, all women. That's great. You know, mm-hmm. I love women. I mean. <laughs> You know what I mean. And, you know, like with respectful admiration. Not in a creepy way at all. Also, uh, we've run into Loki a couple of times on the planet by this point. He's like ingratiated himself into the Grandmaster Circle. Which, of course, he has. Surprise. Of course. I I am bothered by Loki's claim that he placed a large wager against Thor because I don't understand what kind of odds you would be getting from the person who would be the undefeated champion who kills everybody, right? Yeah, like the Hulk. It's bad Spoilers. Has won every single battle for the past couple of years. Surely. People aren't that eager to bet on an unknown we just picked off the trash. So I have two theories for you, Monty. But this is an unknown with sparkles, Monty. Oh, fair. (laughs) One of my theories about this is that Loki just wants to bet against Thor. He doesn't care if he loses Mm -hmm. the money. He doesn't care if he only gets it back one to one. He he, he just wants to bet against Thor. That's one. And the other thing is maybe there was a prop bet. Like he said, people are like, well, I think he's going to crush his head. And Loki's like, no, 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 no. It's going to be stabbing or something like that. And that was a more. (laughs) kind of like complex bet and not just the the winner and the loser those are my two that's what i got for you i'll buy that i feel like the favorite has to be (laughs) smashing 
Smashing, yes, <laughs> right? Like you can't. There's no not even odds on that. Like we're not going <laughs> to no. even take bets about smashed by the the Hulk. Come on. <laughs> so it is the Hulk. Thor's very excited. Hey, we work together, and of course that doesn't go well because the Hulk is there to smash him. <laughs> the delight on Chris Hemsworth's face with the exclamation of yes <laughs> like, yeah to me you know and they use that obviously in the trailer and it's a little sad because yeah. that's such a great oh, reveal I'm so mad that they put that in the trailer it's but t- it's like still a great scene it's, it's still a, great a fantastic scene, scene but the movie wants it to be a giant exciting reveal and, and then it's, it's not because we all saw it in the trailer it was yeah. a great way to yeah. sell the movie because people it was basically like i know it says thor but the hulk is in it too like that's mm-hmm. a good sales point but it ruins that moment which is such yep. a wonderful yep. moment and he's so excited and then he gets he uh, he and he, he gives as good as he gets for a while he is getting beat up but he's still kind of fighting it and then there is that moment where the where, where the hulk grabs him by the leg and just throws him around like a rag doll at which point loki says that's what it feels yes. like which is a great so the, the real excited. star the real yes. star of that fight is Tom Hiddleston's reaction so the excited. whole way through the whole way through where he's just like first he's like pale in fear because the Hulk is here and he goes I need to get off this planet yeah. yes. <laughs> and just the increasing amounts of like fear and distress it's yeah. amazing Fantastic. and as soon as he says he has to get off the planet there's Jeff Goldblum just a little bit too close to him saying hey where are you going yeah where, come on going, sit pal? down Yep, exactly right. It's a fu- for a for a gigantic fight scene. So in the Avengers movie or Avengers episode, we talked about how the Avengers, the first one, has the obligatory um, heroes meet and fight, and then they decide to team up, and it's kind of mm-hmm. boring. This is this mm-hmm. is the opposite example, which is it's Thor and the Hulk. They're fighting. It is just entertaining the whole time right like because it's funny because we we see the reactions to it because we see their reactions to it it is an exciting fight too like is thor our title character going to avoid being smashed because the hulk is really good at that and Mm -hmm. um and the answer is yeah he does actually a pretty good job but and in the end he gets zapped by his little neck thing and it's all a it's all a a setup it's all a uh a ripoff because the grandmaster is a is a crook he's no He's he's not a fair, uh, fair guy at all. He's boo. I had missed boo. the bit in the uh, in the first time I saw it where he yells at him. You're embarrassing me. I told them we were friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. And this has IMDb trivia I didn't know until this movie, which is that this is the first time Mark Ruffalo gets to voice the Hulk, and they actually had Lou Ferrigno do it in all the other movies. I did oh, Ferrigno did it oh, in the I other ones. Yeah. Yeah, oh, here it's very that. here it's very clearly uh, Mark Ruffalo, which I find effective because the Hulk is in this movie for so long as the Hulk. Um, yeah, that because the idea is that he's been the Hulk for two years and there's no banner in there for quite a while. Um, that it's good that it's Mark Ruffalo because you really do get the sense like I remember Banner but he's not you know he's not here now and instead the mm-hmm. Hulk's he's got a hot tub he gets out of the hot tub naked and <laughs> Thor's like that's never getting out of my head uh, <laughs> which uh, I don't buy because <laughs> yes Monty <laughs> the Norse people famously do a lot of naked jumping into ice pools and hot tubs and stuff but do they do those naked ice tub things with the hulk he's very large (laughs) and very green it was a cheap joke compared to many of the jokes which are not cheap i enjoyed it i'm just saying what i what i like about it is that is that we see him go to the window and we see his butt. I actually think yeah. that, that was that was like, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna make this joke, let's go all the way. And of course the Hulk is just not even he has no uh no self conception in that way. He's just there right. to point at the Quinjet out the window and like it doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't care. Uh, I at think all. they could have gone full Doctor Manhattan. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave that for the fan art. Fan art, everybody. (laughs) The the rapport between Hulk and Thor is fascinating, too, right? Because how much time 
could Thor really have spent with the Hulk, right? Like, clearly right, he's ingratiating himself. Right. Yeah. Well, not even, even total in the time with the Avengers. Yeah. Like, most of the time he's hanging out with Banner and he's got to do this ingratiating thing where he's like, no, no, I, I like you so much better than Banner. He's such a nerd, you know? And, and then and he then flips th- it with Banner. But right. I, I, I do believe, and I don't think this is just headcanon, I do believe you've got to think that something bleeds over because we do get the scenes with Valkyrie and Banner where they're like, you seem so familiar. Like, yes. I, I do get the feeling like Hulk gets a sense of Thor from Banner's time with right. Thor. A little mm-hmm. bit. And he knows, he knows who he is. And I like that rapport because they, they try to bond a little bit. And first they have their fight, right? Where he's like, you're the baby, you have baby arms. You're the yeah. tiny Avenger. Yeah. You're, the, yeah. you're the stupid Avenger. And like, I, I enjoy that kind of moment. And then they try to like, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Like, we're really, we're the same. We're both like fire, you know, and it's it's <laughs> nice to one. see the, it is, there's a lot of Hulk in this movie and Hulk is traditionally a character that I don't really care for because he's so boring, one but note, this yeah. movie makes him interesting and fun in a way that I was really yeah. surprised by. He's yeah. kind of, he's, I mean, he's a baby. He's like a four-year-old, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and does, I think it was really effective as that, like the way he behaves and the stuff he says is very much like that, which is, which is uh, delightful. I think surely Ant Man is the tiny Avenger, but I guess Hulk doesn't have him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they don't. They don't really know that yet. No. And one thing I enjoyed about this, about them together, was the chemistry with the Hulk. But I also liked that um, Thor's first tactic in the fight was to try to get rid of him because he goes up to him and goes, "Hey, big guy, sun's getting low." Yeah. Yeah. And like his first tactic is like, "I'm just going to take the Hulk out of this equation entirely." Right. And, like, if it's Banner and I, like, it doesn't matter. You know, if I take away his champion, like, I'm going to come out ahead here. And when nothing works, like, that was that was sort of an interesting moment, you know. And then you sort of wonder about the Hulk, you know, at that point. Like, why didn't it take? Right. And, you know, what's or, going on? And so, or, or is it the Thor is just really bad at that? And he keeps trying to use it. And it's like, you don't really... That's not how it... it you're not yeah. Natasha. You that's, can't... That's I don't think it works. works. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work because he's not Natasha. Yeah. But... But yeah, I liked the that, it, that he was trying works. it. Yeah. And it was it was interesting to watch that and to watch him sort of like like try to get back to a stable footing because he you know, like we said, he spends a lot more time with Banner than he does with the Hulk. Right. So but uh like like Dan was saying, I don't generally find the Hulk all that interesting as a character because, you know, Hulk Smash is is usually the long and the short of it in a lot of ways and it's it's not that's not something i like to read so i never spent a lot of time reading a lot of whole comics so it was really nice to see him with some dimension and doing something a little different yeah, you could argue that this entire movie is basically like that scene in the Avengers where when the fight is over, the Hulk just punches Thor out of the frame. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. let's just do a whole movie of that, like that yes. relationship. And it is, it's, it's fun. Like he's got the, uh, yeah, they, they do have the kind of childish banter, which is, it, it's hilarious. He's got the, that, what, like, what's with this red and white pick a color, yeah. Thor's just yeah. like trying anything. And the, the Hulk is smart enough to like throw uh, like a, a chicken leg or something, giant space chicken leg, out into the hallway, <laughs> but then knowing that Thor will follow it, trying to escape and smash right into the force field, and, yes. the, and the Hulk gets a big well, laugh I, over that. It's you, great. You know, it was funny when we rewatched for the Avengers, I had forgotten about the scene where the, they team up and then the Hulk punches <laughs> Thor out of the frame yep. in that one. I was like, it's kind of <laughs> consistent in that <laughs> regard. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's uh, and that's, that line gets, or that uh, shot gets a big laugh in the movie. And you, It's their rivalry, right? Like, they're both these big strong tough guys right. and the hulk doesn't like that thor is kind of 
on his turf, right? He's like, you're annoying. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Yeah, they're they're kind of both indestructible too, right? So you don't have to worry yeah. too much about one of them like really killing the other one. They, they they're like kind of the only two that can do that of all the yeah. Avengers. And for all their tough talk, when Thor finally uh, has the conversation about that he's going to form the Revengers and he wants he wants uh, <laughs> he wants the Valkyries' help and all of that, and he bounces the ball off the window and hits himself in the head and knocks himself yeah. down, which is just <laughs> it's just a Pratt Paul, but it, it is kind of funny. And but then he he you know he did shatter the the put a hole in the window and he flies out the window and slides down the side of the building and he's going to go and it's it's a nice he's going to go to the Quinjet and try to fly out of there um, and it's a nice moment because the Hulk's reaction is uh, you know basically I don't want my friend to go. Which is like, oh, Hulk, you know, un- under that angry rage monster exterior, Thor really is your friend and you are going to miss him, which is just kind of sweet. You, they're, you know, they're just kind of kind of playing. But by the time Thor gets to the Quinjet uh, and and uh, it figures out his login, which is point break, because that's another <laughs> Avengers thing. Uh, the Hulk is reached there and basically rips the door off and smashes the entire <laughs> inside everything. in order everything. to walk inside. Yeah. So, so much for the Quinjet. But the hologram of of, uh, of Natasha calms him down, and uh, Banner, after two years away, returns and uh, is uh, super welcome, strongest Avenger. Yes, super freaked out. <laughs> gets dressed in Tony Stark's clothes, which include the Nagel print T-shirt. <laughs> Which I don't think we've ever actually seen Stark wear, but it sounds right. It's thing, things Tony would pack in a Quinjet. Yeah, on right? paper, it's absolutely like the second tier. You know, I'm gonna leave this in the Quinjet. You know, in case. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. It's so absolutely like I un- I 150 percent believe that that is a Tony Stark yeah. outfit right down to the ground. Yeah, he's he. You know, they get some goo from an, a monster all over his shirt, and he's like, "Well, I, I'll put this." Like we used to. Here's my anecdote, which is when when uh, my daughter was a baby we had a backpack that had all the diaper change stuff and all of that and it also had a t-shirt in it because (laughs) you never know when you're gonna get stuff all over your t-shirt when you're out somewhere and then you know what you do you pull out the emergency t-shirt and you put it on so that nagel shirt that's uh tony stark's emergency t-shirt for also the emergency sunglasses sunglasses were good yeah emergency tight pants well he's got a lot going on you know you never know you might get covered head to toe in alien goo and need uh a change of clothes is what I'm saying. That's my story. I feel like that bit in the Quinjet where, you know, we get that outfit and the password and everything was basically Tony Stark's cameo in this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, but it's, it was one of those things where, you know, because like it was Tony who, who gave, you know, who gave Thor the password, like, you know, try point break. And, you know, here's this outfit that was Tony's that you have to put on, you know, now. And, uh, like for me, those are the the small the smaller moments that help tie all of this together, and not just I'm going in and it started with the same Marvel sequence that the other movies did, so I know that this is in the same play in the same universe. It's when they do those sorts of things that actually actively tie stuff to other stuff, like when Doctor Strange pops up. Um, it's when they do those in sort of this organic way, like here on the Quinjet, you know, the emergency shirt and, you know, here's the password. And those are, and the those very are brief, moments that... Very brief Natasha hologram, right? Like, just Yeah, a and little. those are the things that make mm-hmm. it feel very grounded in the same universe that all these other movies are in that I've also watched. So that's one of the things that I like about how they go about it is 
like Tony's cameo here, I think is really it's, great. It's it's logical too, right? Like I feel like when I and this is the thing I like about the MCU in general. To Kelly's point, is like when I was a kid and you would watch these like TV shows or whatever with like different characters. You know, you watch like a Batman show and like Superman doesn't get mentioned, even though you're like, oh man, this would be a perfect place for him to like mention like I know Superman or like mm-hmm. for Superman to show up and fix a problem. And it was always so frustrating when that wouldn't happen, even though like you felt like quote-unquote realistically that would happen so it's nice that the name drops and the it feels like a lived-in universe in that way yeah when there are too many superheroes in your world you start to wonder this seems like a big enough threat that you could call one of the other 200 people that also live in new york and have superpowers (laughs) yeah seriously time for another break to tell you about our sponsor pingdom while you've been listening to the incomparable how would you know if your website had gone down. Would you know if customers couldn't click that all important buy now button or read your content that you're posting? You might stumble across the problem by luck. You might have somebody yell at you, but that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site and more importantly, when it's not. And you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way works best for you. Push notification, email, whatever. They're smart. They get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or your whole team. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They have more than 70 different global test servers that will emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. And all they need to do to get started is a URL of your site. That's it. They do the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something breaking on your site. You don't want to hear that from a customer. You don't want to hear that uh, in a report that says you didn't sell anything yesterday. You want to hear it immediately from Pingdom. Start monitoring your site today by going to pingdom.com slash Snell for a 14-day free trial. No credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code Snell at checkout. You'll get 30% off your first invoice. Thank you to Pingdom for the support of The Incomparable. Now we've got Thor and Banner on on the on uh, the planet Sakaar. They're, they know that the Hulk and Thor have escaped. There is a Hulk parade, basically, where everybody's yeah. trying to celebrate <laughs> and find the Hulk, which is super weird. And uh, Thor... So Banner isn't going to be recognized, but Thor is going to be recognized. So he gets like a cloth and puts it around his neck <laughs> and, uh, and and Valkyrie finds them immediately like, and says, that doesn't like... even cover your face. And he says, it does when I do this that, and covers his face. Do... <laughs> Stupid <Yeah>. Thor. Uh, <laughs> turn, again, turning him into a goofy derp is, I think, the best thing that the MCU ever did with this character. It just mm-hmm. works so well. And I know there are people who have their criticisms about this, like not meshing with the earlier films. But for me, they really finally figured out how to write this character. Yeah. Well, I like yeah, that he's, he's goofy a lot of the time, except when it comes to fighting. And then he's just as good as ever. Right. Like, yeah. yeah he's, mm. he's still earnest about things. And he's competent <laughs> when the chips are down. Also, I get the feeling, I mean, not the big picture Thor kind of character development. Uh, what I like to think is that it, is that it's not just like the people of on Earth rubbing off on him, but it's also this whole idea that Odin has said all along, which is you need to be your own person and not just like live up to what was expected of you as the son of Odin. When we meet him first and he's kind of a jerk in the first Thor movie, he, he's very clearly trying to be that, right? He's trying to follow all, all of that. And by this point, he is, he is kind of goofy and all that and still takes things seriously when he needs to but i feel like i like to think that thor is now more comfortable in his own skin and able to be his own person including his uh his goofy side at least that's how i like to look at it 
Have you seen his own skin? I'd be comfortable in that, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm, uh, Banner. Yes, in Banner. In this moment, I thought it was really interesting because he was saying, like, uh, you know, I just transformed from being the Hulk to to being myself. And now there couldn't be more sensory overload, especially with the, you know, Hulk parade going on. And right. I just like that because it, it when he says, like, I don't know if I can can go back to the Hulk. If I do, I don't think I'll ever come back. And that was pretty important. So as we record this, uh, this episode will be out uh, probably a couple weeks after this happened. But there was a, a conversation kind of that went around the internet based on the release of Infinity War, where the director's commentary for Infinity War tries to explain why in Infinity War at a few points, Banner wants the Hulk to come out and the Hulk refuses. Mm. And people were talking about that. And I wanted to kind of open that up to the larger question of the Hulk here, because I think it's really interesting. When Banner comes back, he says he's been gone for two years. He's asking about Sokovia. So much has gone on. He says the Hulk has been, you know, his hands have been on the wheel. It feels like I, I've been kind of taken away. They're definitely fighting over, over their position in this same body, basically. And he's afraid that if he lets the Hulk come back out, he will never get back out. And I think it's, I mean, in a movie that's pretty funny and they, and they don't try to like overdo it, but like Banner very clearly is deeply disturbed about the fact that yeah. he's been gone for two years and he doesn't want the Hulk to come back. And of course, the first thing Thor says is, it's great. I've got a plan. It involves you being the Hulk. And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be the Hulk. So it's like the Hulk doesn't want to be Banner. Banner doesn't want to be the Hulk. And for the first time, Banner is now at the disadvantage where Banner is the thing that comes out occasionally and that he doesn't like that at all. I th- I just think the whole thing, it, it, it's not like heavily dwelled on in the story but it's there and i think it's really interesting and it 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 it, it, it makes you look at banner in a different light i think in this movie because he's kind of like the victim of the hulk here in a way that maybe he isn't in the other well, movies where he ultimately needs to make a sacrifice too right like you know Indeed. by by turning in but as we'll get to but like i think what's also interesting about this too is the effect that it has on banner having been away for two years because i know again there are people i think who were like a little head scratching about ruffalo's performance as banner here because it seems very different from the banner we've seen before but this is a banner who's essentially been in his own words locked in a trunk for two years so everybody's going to be a little weird as he points out and so it's interesting to see how that bleeds into banner too being a different person the hulk has evolved and changed in these two years that he's been out but banner has also changed maybe not evolved but like this has had an effect on him too which i think is an interesting uh description like you were saying he's been victimized but he's also been suppressed and and sort of de um taking his control taken away i liked that there was aftermath that it you know that it was like oh hey two years in a box give me a sec okay i've changed clothes i'm good like i i really liked getting that banner was an actual character in this much the much like the hulk is an actual character in this with a little bit of of depth and development and so for me it was very interesting to watch their journey um particularly because it's this is a thor movie you know it says thor in the title it doesn't say hulk in the title it's not Ragna Hulk, you know? And so like that was part of why Contractual I, I was, reasons. <laughs> well, that was part of why I wondered about um, where it was going to end up. Like the first time through when I was watching it, that was sort of why I wondered um, what was going to happen to 
banner in all of this uh my headcanon with it is that like hulk is actually interesting now because hulk doesn't get to come out very often and so when the hulk spends two years full time out in the world he starts getting better at communicating and moving through the world and like picking up social skills and social cues and things and so i just in my brain anyway that's sort of why i figured he ended up more interesting in this one because he's been out and about for two years um but I really did like that, at, like, for me anyway, watching Mark Ruffalo through the whole movie, like, it feels like, and this is basically accurate as far as I'm concerned, as far as the Hulk goes, he was basically, like, freaked out on a molecular level, like, for the rest mm-hmm. of the movie. He never quite shakes that, like, it's been two years. It's like that's playing <laughs> on a loop in the back of his head, you know, the whole time. And I still feel like we see a little bit of that in Infinity War. And I like, I like that that... I like when something happens in a story and then it and then it has consequences like you would expect it to have consequences in your own world. You know, if I vanished for two years, yeah, I'd be freaked about I'd be freaked out about it for a long time. So I liked watching that develop through the film. For those who don't know, Universal has the rights to films starring the Hulk. And so it is I'm not just kidding, like contractually, they can put the Hulk in MCU movies, but they can't make a Hulk movie without sharing the money with Universal, which is why they don't, basically. So, but this is, this is essentially that. This is just as, just as a Civil War is an Avengers movie, except contractually, this is the Thor Hulk team up movie. Hey, Monty. Yes, Jason. I'm about to go on to where they steal a spaceship. Have I skipped anything that you really enjoy? Yes. One, Valkyrie's flashback, which is amazing. Oh, that was here. Yes. at that point, when that happens, I, is when I realize this isn't just a really funny comedy. This movie looks amazing. It, it does, does look great. That that is, mm. I there have been so many um, in these Thor movies, so many flashbacks to things that happened in Asgard in the past, and it's all like there was a prophecy, and like, and and with the Valkyrie being killed by Hela, um, it's it's like what if a painting? Yeah was also a live action scene it looks so good but it also is kind of beautiful and strange and the lighting that's shifting around to give you like the kind of like perspective like they've got a light that's rapidly moving kind of left and right and left and right and it is it is beautiful the whole thing is beautiful as as all the valkyrie die except the one who throws herself in front of the spear that's headed for our valkyrie which you know everybody's headcanon is that they were you know that was her partner that they were oh, yeah. they were together um it's you know it's just a flashback so we don't know but it seems to clear to me that she's saving her life and that there's a a, a bond there of some kind but we can headcanon the, that the imagery of this scene too actually reminds me a little bit of um the two towers when gandalf mm-hmm. appears to yes. sort of save the day at helm's deep and it has the similar sort of thing with all the valkyrie coming down as hella is trying to come up uh, and it's, it is, I, I, you know, you took the words out of my mouth, Jason, because I had like a moving painting, yeah, it's li- a painting literally in my notes. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I have right. I've wrote down painting. I did then follow it with the words on a van, which I mean that in a good way. That seems on a van. I think that was my review of the trailer was I feel like if there were if there were a way to put a trailer on the side of a van that has the bubble window in the back, it would be this. This trailer belongs there. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, 
right before Loki's act wears thin, you get a moment of Thor and Loki working together, which I I really feel like they are long, long brothers who they are enemies, but they're enemies who have been enemies for so long that they know each other really well. Like, I really love their chemistry, even the little jokey stuff like in the elevator where they let's do get help. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I hate get help. <laughs> I was going to agree with Monty on this one because what's fascinating to me as I watch this is Loki is talking about how Odin's death has should is going to split them apart because Odin brought them together and it seems, you know, tragic and poetic that that would happen. And this is all while they are working hand in hand, yeah. side by side and teamed up. So even though he's saying we should go our separate ways, we never work together, we are never really like brothers, you know, they're they're working together. The beauty of that scene, too, uh, it, it's so good, so well played by Tom Hiddleston, is Thor is doing, he's being very generous to his brother and saying, I understand you. He said, we never, we, I'm me and you're you at the end of the day. We're going to do things differently. We're going to go our separate ways. I'm not going to force you into a role as my brother or my sidekick because you're your own person. And so am I. And all of the time you, if you look at Loki, he is heartbroken. Yeah. He doesn't want to leave his brother for all of his bluster, for all of his scheming. He, he feels terrible that his brother is saying, no, we'll go our separate ways now. And it's wonderful. Thor's confession, too, that he always looked up to him, you know, like mm-hmm. that he was like in awe of his brother in some ways. Like there's also touching and and in a moment of, of earnest honesty. Yeah, it's great. Plus, plus there are the jokes like when he throws the, the can at his head to see if he's a, a, an <laughs> yes. illusion and it hits him in the head. And he goes, ow, ow. It's so, yeah. so good. One of Loki's pranks relied on Thor loving snakes so much that he would, <laughs> yeah. of course, pick it up to hug it. Oh. I love that joke. <laughs> like, and he stabbed me. We were eight. I yeah, think, the reference the... early on to him turning him into a frog, too. Which is also yeah. a great comic book yes. reference to frog, frog. frog Thor. I really liked how, as you watch Loki in that moment, it feels like he's really like he, you know, he always thought what he wanted all his life was to be without Thor, to be his own person, to go his own way. And you watch him sort of come to the realization that like the only thing worse than living with Thor would be living without him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I like about this movie is that you get a whole bunch of the Thor Loki dynamic and it's not just, I am the God of treachery and I am doing evil things. Oh yeah. Well, I hit stuff with hammer. (laughs) And, And yet that scene still evolves into Loki is decides to betray him. And Thor has already, you know, finally learned and yeah. basically planned against that, which is also hilarious and yeah. delightful. Yeah. Although in the end, Loki, you know, Loki does come back to Thor and saves the day in the end. Yeah. And is is basically the one who bails them out of a difficult situation. Although Heimdall knew it all along because, of course, he did. He sees everything. Yeah, but Loki actually kind of the savior of Asgard and does put himself on the front line. So, yep. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great, it's a great scene. Good jokes, uh, the, along with that relationship, good performances, <laughs> the weight of their participation in previous films. This is one of the things that you really do pick up when you do a bunch of different movies with the same characters <laughs> is that if you've seen all those <laughs> movies, like you get how this relationship has evolved, which is really nice. Oh, you mentioned the hammer, by the way. I, I don't think we mentioned it earlier on, but when Hela first appears, she blows up Thor's hammer. So let's pour one 
up for old Meow Meow because <laughs> <laughs> Meow Meow the hammer's is indestructible gone. except those five or six times. Yeah. Well, so, it's it, it also I believe in the mural that Hella uncovers, she is wielding the hammer. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is interesting as well because that takes a whole new question about worthiness and what exactly that yeah. means. I love that they left that old mural up when they yep. put the new mural in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's a thing. People just you know, tile over that stuff all they the time. Don't. Right. It's easier. Yeah. So, so, so Meow Meow, Mjolnir is, <laughs> I lost uh, my hammer. Is, I guess that was yesterday. And, and this what, yeah, he, he loses his hammer. He gets his Still haircut. Kind of fresh. And then he gets at, toward the end of the movie, he loses an eye, right? So it's definitely like we're going to put Thor through the ringer here, but he does learn that he's got, uh, he, he's the, as a great line, by the way, a great yes. line. You're the you're, you're not the god of hammers. Yeah, you're the god of thunder. Like, what are you the god of? Oh, right. It's a great moment of like, oh yeah, the power was within you all along, but not not done in. <laughs> I'd say not done in a cheesy way because uh, again, they wrapped it in a joke, which is you're not the god of hammers. Get over yourself. And it's like, oh, okay, right, right. Although I will say, lightning and thunder are not actually the same. I thing. know they're not. Right. I know. I have that. I have that thing too. God of thunder. It would just be like loud booms knocking people down. But you know. Right, that's cool, but it's well, not God, that helpful. God of lightning and thunder is just he's kind really of a the mouthful. God of thunder and lightning, the but they they shortened he's it. He's a because, storm yeah. god. He's yeah. a storm god. Exactly. I'm sure that's it. <laughs> okay, so they finally get a ship, an orgy ship. Yes, so they 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 get the the no no weapons <laughs> the on the ship. ship. It's the party. It's a party boat by run by the grandmaster. I was concerned about that because it doesn't look like a great ship to have an orgy on. <laughs> Like, it's all that hard plastic, but it fires off fireworks. So I think, actually, it's a ship that, like, flies over the orgy and does lighting effects. Don't touch anything. Or there could be, like, like, uh, inflatable things that come out i don't i don't know i don't know that's true we didn't see all of the controls he didn't press that button so there's a chase scene with spaceships and things blowing up and valkyrie swoops in and and uh they you know they shoot banner from one ship to another ship and eventually they it's it's very exciting but it's just you know it's kind of like an action scene there is that that funny line that i enjoy of the you know i i you have a phd use one of those and he says not (laughs) not in flying a spaceship it's just an alien spaceship just right good so good not in, and the way it's timed to not in flying an alien spaceship yeah. like yeah, this joke keeps going here. valkyrie again more of a pure action hero than thor the star of the movie yeah yeah at one point thor's like oh i gotta get out there and that's when he hands the controls to banner and it's like because valkyrie is getting all the glory she's doing it all out there and thor's like i gotta get out there i gotta i gotta do something here yep she's about to get a cool gear up clip montage where mm-hmm. she puts on her stuff yeah <laughs> And they, yeah, yeah, and they fly, uh, they fly through the, the, you know, it's a collapsing neutron star and an Einstein Rosen bridge or whatever, but they have a different name for it. The lightning's about to hit the clock tower. It's all fine. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's the devil's anus, right? That's what they call the, the wormhole. Right. Yeah. And, and it leads to a few jokes and about, about that. Yeah. Uh, it was, a a, there were a couple jokes and then they just kept saying it as that was the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got, we got it out of our system, but I guess that's what we're calling it. Now so, that we've yeah, sold it to you, we, I guess we <laughs> have to keep using it, but. I, it made me laugh. It was, you know, it's a 13-year-old boy humor, and uh, that's okay. I have a 13-year-old boy in my house right now. So he liked it. He thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that cool Valkyrie flashback we talked about is also kind of pitched at thir- the 13-year-old boy and all of us, even women. Okay. Like, it's just awesome. <laughs> or the art uh, 
um, like art aficionado, I suppose, if you like a good oil painter. Anybody who's ever wanted yeah. a van, as Monty said. Uh-huh. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Right. Um, right. So they do make it to Asgard. And here, and in Asgard, of course, Hela is ruling. Um, we have uh, Heimdall has been hiding people in a secret place, but it just mm-hmm. at the right moment, uh, they, she's going to go find them. Uh, although Thor's like communicated with Heimdall to, to have them go out the back door. I did laugh at the, at the moment where they, they pop in with their spaceship and immediately find all of the people who are hiding with a very simple scan. Oh, look, a lot of heat up there. That's where all the people are. Uh, that not that big into technology. People. I guess not. I guess not. She could She's old fashioned. She, she is old fashioned. She may not have even realized that. And thus begins the battle for, for Asgard where the people run on the rainbow bridge, but the, the resurrected giant, Dog uh, is it's there. Fenris. No, it's Fenris <laughs> Wolf, who is again. Yeah, this as, is the most Norse mythology yep, stuff agreed. you can have. Fenris and Hela, incidentally, in Norse mythology, are both actually children of Loki, which is so yeah, weird. Interesting. But, yeah, Where's the yeah. giant serpent? We got so yeah, the close. Serpent, to, that's the third one. Yeah, the, um, the trifecta. And then, <laughs> and then the the resurrected soldiers are coming the other way and sort of pinning the uh, the people who are trying to escape down. But the Hulk is there, so the Hulk wrestles with the giant wolf, and Thor fights Hela. Okay, but the, the scene with the where, where Banner is like, I all right, I'm <laughs> okay. gonna take care <laughs> of this. Like, so the whole thing is like he and Valkyrie keep thinking like they know each other. Even even though neither of them quite understands that connection. Mm-hmm. And so Banner finally, you know, reveals he's the Hulk and he goes to jump out of the plane. And of course, you know it's going to happen because at this point, you know what kind of movie this is. Yeah. But it just lands like limp, like ragdolls onto the bridge. Onto and the, the bridge. wolf like noses at him yep. for a while and then just like walks away. <laughs> yeah. And then, ah, just kidding. Grab the t- <laughs> And yeah, then the grab Hulk the grabs it by the tail. And, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny and somewhat bizarre scene, yeah. but yeah. And, and Valkyrie at that point has changed into her Valkyrie outfit and she's also been firing a, uh, a gun that they've bolted to the inside of the, <laughs> of the, the spaceship. So they have at least some weaponry there, although it's not doing any good. And it's, a, there's jokes and there's action and uh, Loki's got to go. They, 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 so they fight and, and uh, he does use his his lightning powers and all, all that's going on there's just a lot going on here although the key point is that when they realize that um that even though so loki comes back he's got a spaceship they've got something they can finally use to evacuate all the people of asgard thor has a vision and realizes that asgard is where the people are and 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 it's that moment of like oh right when i was talking to Surtur at the beginning of the movie remember that i need to and he says we need to make ragnarok happen it's the as as my wife referred to it, it's the you said never to cross the streams moment in yeah. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Can, yeah. I want to dwell on the fight scene just a little yes, bit please. more, though, because it's such a great fight scene. It is. Although mm-hmm. there's so many different things happening. You've got Hulk fighting a giant wolf in the water, and you've got the skeletons, and you've got Valkyrie and all this. You still know where everyone is and what's happening, yeah. yep. and it looks great, and Led Zeppelin roars back in again. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and even though this is a wacky, funny movie, it totally delivers on the action fight scene at the end, which yes. it had to, and it does. There's a lot of times when you watch a fight scene in a movie, particularly when it's the big one at the end for all the marbles or whatever, and when you're watching that scene and you just have no idea what's happening, and it feels like somebody watched a really fast-paced scene and went bored and like cut half of it out for no good reason and you can't tell what's going on and you can't keep track of anybody and you don't like wait those two are fighting and what's going on we're over here like and you just sort of have to kind of wait it out and i really enjoyed that in this one 
I mean, in all the fight scenes in this movie, but particularly in the big one, uh, you get to see enough to see what's going on and understand what's happening. And that's that matters because you need to know what's going on all through this because because of where we end up where you know where we're talking about Ragnarok and so that's one of the things that stands out to me about this one because I do enjoy a good action movie I do enjoy a movie with some good fight scenes in it and more lately I've noticed that it seems like everything has to have a jump cut so you watch one person throw a punch Mm -hmm. hard cut to the next hard cut to the next hard cut to the next I can't even tell who the last guy hit and you know and we're now four cuts away and I'm trying to figure out what was happening and I you know, and I end up having to give up. So being able to track it for me was also like sort of a surprise. The the major things here that work for me are one, it's shot on a simple because pl- it's a bridge. That's right. It's shot on like a two dimensional. It really like, helps with geography. That really if, helps. Yeah, yeah. Two, the, the stakes are really clear. You know where all the like basically we're trying to get these people out. Like that is the problem right now, and it's very clear how that works. It's almost like a board game, right? You're trying yeah, to move exactly. them down the down the, <laughs> down the ramp and, and, and then out. And key to this thing, too, because I agree with Kelly, like, it doesn't go on too long. Like, it's yeah. just the right length in terms of it doesn't feel interminable. It, the stakes are raised at the appropriate levels. But, like, it's when you think about the fact that it's essentially time to immigrant song, immigrant song is not a long song. It's like no. two and a half minutes. Yeah. Like, that's that why is they a punchy, to play it twice. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if you're going to if you're going to do that, if you're going to pick a song to do, I mean, if they don't like Stairway to Heaven, I mean, they would be here forever. (laughs) And that's weird because it is literally the Bifrost Bridge, like Stairway to Heaven would fit really well. (laughs) (laughs) No Stairway, Monty. Denied. You you got me. That reference acknowledged. And like when Loki joins the fight, you're like, okay, I see where Loki is in the fight. And I appreciate that he's actually in risk and good for him. And he brings Korg and Meek, right? And they're, they're in there fighting and we get the whole like, we know where everybody is. And it, I agree, like movie geography, like a good fight scene, you know where everybody is. And ideally, you know what they where, where they are and what they're doing and why that's important to who they are. Like with Valkyrie, you know, trying to, uh, you know, sort of redeem herself because she was down on herself because she was the only survivor and all of that sort of thing. Like there, there's a lot going on there and Loki as well. And then, of course, Scourge. Uh, Scourge, yes, yeah. who who basically is on the ship that's going to. Uh, that's going to go away. And then he realizes he basically needs to save them. And so he fights off the, the undead uh, warriors and jumps off and, you know, and basically frees the ship and lets them escape. Yeah. Sacrifices himself. My favorite moment in the comic books, not quite as good here, but you know, it reminded me of it. <laughs> he uses his, uh, Des and Troy. Yes. <laughs> yes. His it guns, was, which is a very un Asgardian set of weapons, but yeah. it works for him. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. And I mean, I definitely, I, I mean, I think anybody, you know, as you're watching this or maybe any Marvel Universe movie, but this one like has so many different scenes and, um, you know, contexts and, stuff where you're going like, ah, I feel like I'm in Lord of the Rings now. Oh, now I feel like I'm in the fifth element. Mm -hmm. Well, when um, Scourge was sneaking onto the um, (laughs) ship, I was like, oh, now we're in the Titanic. (laughs) Yes. So he looked looked like Bruce Bruce Ismay sneaking onto a lifeboat in Titanic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he's got the, he's kind of like covered up. He's super... uh, He's just hiding because he's ashamed of, and everybody's going to spot him and know that he was a collaborator. And but he 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 ends up going down well. Um, Thor does lose his eye, but Loki does get the uh, 
the crown of Surtur and put it in the eternal flames. So Surtur appears, which is nice because the the whole castle goes up in flames behind Thor, <laughs> and uh, and he's got his big sword that he starts just like knocking knocking around, and <laughs> and they're like, we got to get out of here. And of course, a great moment. The Hulk just just has finally yeah. reemerged and decides he's going to beat up Surtur, and Surtur yeah. just, just kind of yeah. picks wait, him off wait. like he's an ant or something and flings him. And it's that great. I just love that moment where the Hulk looks at Thor and goes. It's basically like what big monster, big monster. <laughs> yeah. So the the last bit of the fight scene, like because like we were talking about it being time to immigrant song. The last couple lines before we just get more Tarzan or whatever it is that Robert Plant is doing. Um, <laughs> is, that's always what it gave me, like like uh, sort of a Tarzani vibe. But the the last couple lines are now you better stop and rebuild all your ruins for peace and trust can win the day despite of all you're losing. Mm. Like, if that doesn't exactly describe the end of the battle, like, now I, you know, they had to do that. You know, I'm sure, like, they wrote it that way to go, like, now you have to pay Led Zeppelin because we really need that song. And the uh, <laughs> the Valhalla I Am Coming line mm-hmm. is right over Valkyrie in this fight, yes. too, which is a perfect thing because that, that is where <laughs> the Valkyrie are going, right? Yes! So, it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. This is, uh... Yeah, I I would hate to be that that person who comes back and says, "Okay, we can't Led Zeppelin. It's just way too expensive." Like that, <laughs> you, you know. People say that Led Zeppelin is in more movies than people I like know. to and admit. They're, they're and just, they're, in, they're in School of Rock. They're in the opening credits of Girl with the Dragon. And they're in, they're in car commercials too. It's it's oh no, they're in they're in. My impression, like Led Zeppelin, and the Rolling Stones, though, is that they they ask you for a lot of money if you're going to yeah. use their music. But you oh, can for sure they, can, they got money, they could pay, and so yeah. they did. Yeah, you got to do it. Absolutely right. The uh, the the song from the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. That's cheaper. Yeah, World of Pure <laughs> yeah. Imagination. Well, a little certainly. cheaper than Immigrant Song. A little bit. So so yeah. So there again, puncturing the uh, seriousness of watching the destruction of Asgard is <laughs> that uh, Korg says, well. Yeah, but the foundations are strong. You can rebuild and use this as a place to boom. Uh, those foundations yeah. are gone. Yeah, sorry, never mind. It's the, it's that moment in Groundhog Day that I exactly. love so much, where he says, "Well, maybe he might have survived the crash," and then there's a huge explosion. It's like, oh, maybe not. Yep. I wrote that down too. That's, I love the timing of that when Chris Elliott or Taika Waititi do it. Yes, well, no, probably not now. Nope. That's I never mind. Never mind. I did, I I did skip over my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Hemsworth deliveries when he's in the throne room. And you know, and he's luring Hella over, oh, yeah. and he tries to tell her, "You you can't be queen because you're just the worst." You're the worst. <laughs> I love that moment. <laughs> yep, it's it's good. Yeah. So that that's it. They saved the day. They got uh, all those people out of Asgard. Uh, you know, they still are there on the spaceship. They got. They're going to take them to Earth, probably. In, in, important question: does, does is like is Thor pulling a Lando at the end of Empire Strikes Back? Here is that just one of Odin's old eye patches, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll just use this. It's convenient." Could be. <laughs> Could be. I don't know how he would have that with him though. Like, w- unless somebody. Somebody like had it as a souvenir knows. or something. I don't know. Uh, Thor, uh, Odin's official eye patch maker was on I the show. <laughs> Thor there has special wardrobe powers in Asgard. Mm. Earlier in the movies, I earlier in the movie, I think he was covered in alien goop when he first came through the bridge with that alien. Right. Head. right. But when he got to the uh, theatrical production, he was clean again. Mm. But his and his cape does go in and out in the earlier movies too. Uh, so. I didn't mention, yeah. by the way, that what happens when he first lands in the garbage. One of the first things that happens to him is that um, half of his cape gets ripped off of him. Yes, and he spends the entire rest of the movie with half a cape. 
It's great. It looks all. I like his new outfit and his haircut. I think it all looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I really dig it. Half a half a cape. Uh, my it's girlfriend would like to register a disagreement. She objects to the haircut greatly. All right. Uh, really? I like, the, I like oh, yeah. the haircut. I think it looks pretty dope. Yeah. I think I I didn't think I would, but we got a little ways into the movie and I didn't have anywhere near as hard a time adjusting to it as I thought I would. I'm like, how do you cut his hair? And then they did it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Got a Samson, Samson parable going on. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he still has enough going on that he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't pity chris hemsworth He's exactly fine. but He's i mean fine. like my brother so like my my history with thor goes back many many years i'm not gonna say how many but it's most of them because my brother loved thor and read every thor comic for ever and ever and ever and ever from a very very early age and like took a batting helmet covered it in tin foil ran around with a hammer you know in the backyard like it was it was hardcore and so i read a lot of thor comics as a kid and like he never had short hair and so it was never like a hang up with chris hemsworth having short hair it was like thor doesn't have short hair just no like you know maybe if he's a frog like the hair doesn't enter into the conversation (laughs) but otherwise like it's long and it's blonde and it waves gently in the breeze even when there's no breeze it's like that secret beyonce power and that's Thor. And so, like, for me, that was the thing that was sort of crazy about getting his haircut was like, no, that's that's not how it's done, basically. And so that was part of why I was really surprised to end up being okay with it by the end of the movie and not minding that he kept it high and tight for, Mm -hmm. you know, in Infinity War as well. So that it, it was very it was very surprising to see but it was also very surprising to me how easy it was to adjust to it cuz i'm like but it's thor <laughs> I, I should mention a couple of uh continuity links that are placed in this movie so at the end they're all going off on the spaceship but if you watch the mid-credits sequence no don't watch those mid-credits sequences. Thor, Thor is, <laughs> if you, not if you want to feel happy about how this movie ends I was, because i felt happy because then because then yeah. thor's yeah. like hey i'm really optimistic Even alive everything's gonna be great and then uh, uh thanos's spaceship appears and that's the end of the movie <laughs> because of course that's how infinity war begins and it doesn't really go well makes you sort of sad about all the asgardians that were saved here yeah, it's kind of an aliens to alien three situation. It, 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 it is a little bit. It is a little bit. At least you get the grandmaster coming out of his <laughs> in the post credit sequence. The grand in the post ma- master yeah. appears and says, That's "Congratulations, everybody! You did a great job with the revolution." Of course, I was a part of it too because you got to have somebody to roll against. Anyway, it's a tie. It's uh, a tie. It's, it's, it's great. Yes, so great. Uh, and he had those two ladies with the Doctor Seuss haircuts on his ship in the pursuit, which yes! I think is great. Yep. So, um, and the other thing that I want to mention is there is a scene where Hela is going through the kind of like treasures of Asgard and she mm-hmm. goes to the infinity gauntlet, which we saw in the first Thor right. movie yes. specifically so she can say fake, fake. because that yes. was, but she also walks past the Tesseract, the Tesseract, which then Loki walks past, which is why Loki has the tester- Tesseract yeah. at the beginning of infinity war. So now, you know, all the things that got inserted so that they would fit with what else I is wanted going to on. Uh, briefly mention the music which is Mark Mothersbaugh fantastic. Mark Mothersbaugh it's like you're and, inside he, a video game oh, it's and so it's great. good <laughs> uh, and he quotes liberally including at the end there from the Thor movies the earlier Thor movies he uses the themes which 
I had to like stop and like check again afterwards. But yeah, they're credited in there. And he also apparently I didn't catch this because I never watched the show. He uses the theme from the Hulk TV show at one point. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> I totally missed that. I don't know the theme well enough. But apparently, and then and it's such a fantastic mix of these few huge orchestral score with this like electronic funky music and it's really great it's a great score one of the one of the better scores in the marvel universe i would totally agree with that yeah yeah it's unlike the others but is it it the walking away music yeah the lonely man the lonely man the lonely man yeah yeah The super sad Bruce Banner can never be with other people because he's the Hulk and a piano yeah. music as he as he walks so it's out. In, it's in there somewhere. I, I would right. have to listen more closely. All right, I'll have to listen to that the next time I I watch it. But it is a, it is a fun score and has such a personality, which most Marvel oh, yeah. scores not all. Again, you know, they're, you know Black they're, Panther's they're got varied. a good one. Exactly, a couple other decent ones. But uh, this one really has a strong personality and it's fun and it goes with the rest of the kind of wackiness zaniness of this film to have that and it gets you to the end and this is like overall sort of the takeaway for me is how did they let taika waititi make this film because it's (laughs) awesome (laughs) it's so good and you felt like there was a time when i worried that you know marvel wanted to really tightly control its product and we obviously saw them fall out with edgar wright over ant-man but honestly they seem to have just given him free reign to do whatever the hell he wanted in this movie because it feels very much like a distinct thing from so many other things in the universe. And they, and they go into getting into and integrating all the cosmic stuff is, I think, a big part of what like makes this movie really work. But it's just, it's amazing that they let him get away with all this. Absolutely. But oh, I'm glad they did. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, and like part of it is the organic things that anchor it in that world. So it is very much a Marvel movie, like when you go into it. But, mm-hmm. um, this is a thing that, it feels like sort of the the MCU has evolved into because like Guardians of the Galaxy was a very different movie from the ones that came before. And this was very different from the ones that came before. And Black Panther is yeah, different yeah. In, an, in another way. And Spider-Man Homecoming, which I know is only like Disney and law, um, is this is the same sort of like it's it's very much a Marvel movie, but it's not the ones we've seen already, which all sort of seem a little similar. So I really liked that they got to a point where they broke out a little bit and went, yeah, how about one where the whole point of the movie is not saving the entire world? Let's make Ant-Man, you know, and, (laughs) and, you know, uh, uh, a trash panda and a talking tree. We should make that a movie. You know, like those were things that, that I didn't expect and I really enjoy that they're branching out and I think the response that they're getting is encouraging that because I don't know if I know anybody who would say that anything but Ragnarok is their favorite of the three Thor films we have. (laughs) (laughs) Not even John Moltz would say that. (laughs) This movie is a great deal of fun and I can only assume that when Taika Waititi is in meetings, he's slightly more professional than he acts when he's on camera (laughs) but i'm not sure because there's behind the scenes footage of him directing this movie and he's a real goofball yeah i'd like to think that somebody somebody saw what we do in the shadows his previous movie and was like low budget horror movie from new zealand 
why this guy's the next Peter Jackson. <laughs> but yeah. you know, yes. Well, he also did a bunch of Flight of the Concord stuff, yeah. obviously. And, yeah. Like, oh yeah. And uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. If, you, if people haven't seen that, that is just a delightful movie. That's, that's nothing like movie. this, mm-hmm. except for Sam Neill being in it. I guess. Right. I guess. <laughs> He's uh, yeah. He did a great job with this movie. Um, it, yeah, to make the tone work, and for them to let him right. This is this is the thing. I think I mentioned this on a previous episode. The the confidence that Marvel has, also kind of the realization that they were making so many of these movies that they needed to not have them all be exactly the same and feel exactly the same, and to have the confidence to say, you know, we are going to do these movies that are different kinds. Like Ant Man is the is the heist movie, right? Like that they're free to do that. Um, lets you have this kind of bizarre psychedelic fantasy sci-fi mashup thing like Thor Ragnarok and have it work and and they're, they're not worried about it and the next movie is Black Panther which like is a totally different tone but they can all exist in this in this uh, shared universe also good setup for the how Thor gets used in Infinity War which is basically like what if Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy got mushed together that's what those scenes in Infinity War are. That same kind of tone. And they work pretty well together, saying, yeah, Thor is out in space with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, okay, I saw Ragnarok. I, I, it makes sense to me. It makes perfect sense that that's where he would end up. And, and more funny things happen because he gets to be with a <laughs> raccoon on a tree. We have, uh, I believe, reached the end of this episode. In our, our, we're getting toward the end. We're getting toward the end now of the Summer of Marvel only a couple more left, I think. Uh, but I would like to thank my guests for talking about what a delightful movie. I'm, I'm sad we didn't cover it when it was first out, but I'm glad we finally be, are able to rectify that in this episode. So thank you to the Revengers, or however they want to be named. I think the Revengers is over. Doesn't, don't they say that? I think the Revengers is done. Uh, Monty Ashley, thank you. I'm not fighting any more beings. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. Gene uh, McDonald, thank you. Thanks. I was glad to be here. Kelly Gamont, thank you. Jason, just for once in your life, don't smash. <laughs> <laughs> and hey the sun's getting real low big guy dan morin <laughs> uh, big monster and thanks to everybody out there for listening to yet another installment in our summer of marvel summers summer's getting uh, toward the end now it's very sad but we got a little bit more left we'll see you next week for more goodbye everybody goodbye